The fast-paced world of sports business is evolving every day. And as an industry that's 90% business, 10% sports, and 100% passion, we're here to bring you true insights from the top professionals who drive today's world of front office sports. Our goal is to give you a true insider's look at one of society's most sought-after business industries. I'm Ryan Deal, and this is Sports Business Nation. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today on Sports Business Nation. I'm your host, Ryan Deal. We're thrilled to have you on board for the inaugural season of SBN, the podcast and content provider founded by passionate young sports professionals for the benefit of other passionate students and professionals of all types. The business of sports goes so much deeper than contract signings and Super Bowl rings, and here at SBN, we host top-level professionals from the real world of front office sports to gain from their insights on a different core subject each week. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can join us all season for an insider's look, and please tell your friends, family, and colleagues to do the same. To learn more about our mission here at Sports Business Nation and see everything we have to offer, please visit our website at www.sportsbusinessnation.com and follow us on all your social media, including LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I had to figure it out for myself pretty, pretty fast. I had to get used to that, to being uncomfortable to feeling a little intimidated and to work through all of that, to build up that confidence, to then be able to, to do it as well as I knew and thought that I could do. The business of sport is something that connects with millions both around the country and around the world. From little leaguers and Pop Warner hopefuls through weekend warriors who play in their local leagues and run marathons, the competition and excitement of sports connect with so many of us and being a part of the business behind that appeals to professionals of all ages and industries. Whether it was the fun you had at your last company outing in a luxury box or the bragging rights that come with your company's name on a stadium, sports are just cool. As our guest last week, Ryan England, told us. You know, knowing that I have the ability to, to walk into work on a given day and you know, there might be a Rangers game that night and then a Knicks game the next day and then a, a concert the day after that, I mean, you know, I'd be, I'd be out of my mind not to be excited about that. So can you really blame them? Yet to the casual outsider, the nuances of front office operations, dynamics, and corporate work life are nowhere nearly as well known as the wins and losses for each team on the field. Heck, as someone who's been lucky enough to be a part of sports business myself, I'd highly recommend it to you as well if it's something you're passionate about. So our guest today is going to speak with us about why she chose to join the sports industry herself after having already found success for several years in a completely separate field. When you're not expected to know things, you you are expected to get to know them. And to do that, you have to ask questions. You have to talk to people. You have to make yourself um, open and willing. We're lucky enough to be joined by Katie Mahon, the Director of Corporate Partnerships for the New York Mets. Prior to Katie's current role handling sponsorship business at City Field, Katie previously oversaw the Mets sales efforts as their Executive Director of Sales. Before that, Katie started her career up in Boston with the Celtics during their championship days of Paul Pierce, KG, and Ray Allen, where she was the Celtics manager of season ticket and inside sales. Katie was herself a student athlete and played soccer at the College of the Holy Cross, and after graduating, spent six years in the travel and education industry, working as the national product manager for EF Education. After finding success and enjoying her job traveling and connecting with students, Katie found a drive and opportunity to break into the sports industry herself and is going to tell us a bit about what that's been like in her own words from both sides of the plate. Her teams have been to World Series and NBA Finals, and she's got the finger jewelry to prove it. 
Well, those rings are certainly surprising. That was not something that I, I grew up imagining would be a part um, a part of my life, a part of my, my repertoire. All right, excellent. And with that, we will welcome you into today's episode. For the benefit of our listeners and audience, would you please introduce yourself and tell us what it is you do? Sure. My name is Katie Mahon. I am the Director of Corporate Partnerships with the New York Mets. Well, we really appreciate you taking some time to come on with us today, especially with baseball season having just wrapped up. I'm sure the off season's getting busy already for you, so we appreciate your time. The crux of today's conversation is going to be on breaking into the sports industry as an outsider, uh, and you are going to be a great resource to speak to on that with your experiences, and we'll find out. One thing we like to start off with in setting the table a bit for our guests here on Sports Business Nation is looking at your upbringing and some of your early experiences. Were there any qualities, characteristics, or stories you can point to from your early childhood days that maybe now in hindsight should have suggested, wow, I should be in sports one day down the road? <laughs> um, I mean, Sure. I was always someone who played a lot of sports and watched a lot of sports as a kid, um, started playing soccer at seven years old, though even then I was reluctant to do that. I remember my mom having to drag me to my first practice, and um, lo and behold, I played for the next 10 to 15, actually even longer years of my life. So a lot of things that, like I said, I didn't I didn't realize were going to lead to uh, things I was doing as a, a student and certainly not things as that I'm doing now as an adult. Um, but I think all of those experiences, playing on team sports, um, with friends, playing recreationally with family, family vacations, a lot of those types of things always included that being active, watching sports again with family and friends, things that just felt like a, a hobby and an interest of now parlayed into what I do every day, which is fortunate since I spend so much time around it that I enjoy it as much as I do. Um, and there's always something new to learn and always something new to follow. And so I think just having that that basic background of, of interest and passion in sports set the table for for what I do now. And we've definitely heard a lot of similar stories from some other guests we've had so far. Another thing, a lot of this team experience, it's just about accountability and, and you know, working towards a larger goal. So certainly something that translates long term. You talked a little bit about your experiences playing soccer. We'll talk a little later about how you, uh, you know, ended up playing at college and later on in life. But before, again, we really hone in on breaking into the business as an outsider, can you give me one example? Maybe it's going to a game with a family member or something that happened on one of the teams you were mentioning you were part of. Just one instance that exemplifies how impactful and important sports can be? Yeah, absolutely. When I was in high school, we had a very strong soccer program in my high school, and we were a top contender, top contending program um, in upstate New York where I grew up. And my junior year of high school, we were expected to be one of those top contenders. And we were, made it to the finals of our, our section that year, in which we lost. And that was a pretty pretty upsetting, devastating, as it can be when you're 16 years old, disappointing experience. Um, but I had another year. And so came into my senior year, excited to be able to kind of get back at it and, and try to um, repeat and even go beyond what we had done my junior year. Um, the only thing was we weren't expected to be as good of a team that year. We had lost a, a pretty strong graduating class. So now as part of the current senior class, it fell to me and a couple of my other teammates to really be the leadership and to bring up a lot of younger players with less experience to get to that point. Long story short, we, we were able to do that. We were once again um, back in our sectional finals. We once again lost, but for me that year, 
the fact that we were able to get as far as we did under far less expectations, um, it made it a more rewarding a more rewarding year, even though we didn't uh, come out with that championship, um, that elusive championship at that point. Um, so I think all of those things, and again, I, I didn't realize this at the time, but certainly looking back on it now and, and kind of thinking a little bit more specifically about it, all of those things that you mentioned, you know, being part of a team, working towards a larger goal, um, setting those goals, overcoming a lot of those challenges, whether you knew they were going to be there or not, all of those things are extremely important in in day to day and in, in what you do, whether you're working in sports or not. If if this is the attitude and the qualities that you can bring to uh, whatever task is at hand, personally, professionally, um, those are going to serve you well as a as a pretty strong, solid foundation uh, to help you take whatever that next step is. Well, I actually especially love that story because I was over here ready for the Disney version ending where you guys went back the second year and you won that elusive <laughs> championship and you got it done. But this is real life and there are other goals and other achievements that you need to look for and find day-to-day -day life, whether it's sports, athletics, you know, your job, your family life. And here, you know, looking back on it now as an adult, there's still a lot of value in what you guys did and what you achieved without a lot of the stars that were in the grade above you, even though you didn't, didn't quite get that last W. That's, that's an amazing story. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think, sorry to interrupt, but I think, no. um, I, I think it took me a while to realize that, that how important that that actually may have been that uh, we did fall short twice. And I think the distinction is, like I said, that first year we had higher expectations, both probably put on us, but mostly for ourselves. And so that's what brought on that great disappointment is that we didn't achieve what we expected ourselves to achieve. The second year, because we overachieved the, beyond those expectations, there was a different different feeling. And so, but you learn a lot from, from both of that. Certainly still a lot of disappointment, but um, I, I realized only much later how valuable uh, and maybe even more valuable it has been not winning that championship as, as maybe it had been if we had. Well, ultimately it sounds like a good testament to the importance of perspective and just waking up every day with the right attitude about things. So, and again, staying in your younger years, could you tell us a little bit about a job you had growing up where maybe you learned some lessons the hard way, but now in hindsight, you see some value and maybe one day you'd want your own kids to have that job? Yes. My, I think the summer before my junior year of high school, I was working in an ice cream shop and uh, that was something that I'd never done it before. Um, I mean, certainly had eaten my fair share of ice cream, but not uh, being the person who is uh, scooping that, serving that to everybody else. And from an outsider perspective, or at least mine at the time, I thought that was an easy thing. It didn't seem like there was much to it. So I probably went in with a little bit of a cavalier attitude of, okay, I got this. It was a small team. Most of the other people, the other staff who worked there had, had been doing it for a couple of years. They were around my age, but still had done it for a couple of years. And so they knew what they were doing. They weren't necessarily all that, um, they weren't there to try to help me get up to speed that much faster. I was, pr I was pretty much on my own. You know, I got my basic run through and, and, and training of what we were doing, but um, I was expected to then know what I was doing and, and be able to take care of it. And I quickly realized this is not as easy as it looked. I'm not getting a whole lot of help. I don't have that sort of automatic support and encouragement, which I've, I've been used to thus far in my life. I am not used to not being good at something without having to, you know, I really had to, to practice at it 
soccer, for example, came relatively easy to me. I, I yes, I had to practice and and train and do all those things, but I was talented enough that that helped me uh, feel more confident pretty quickly. Whereas the scooping ice cream business, it was it, it took a little while. So um, it sounds silly and, and mundane, but when I look back on that, I, I felt like I had to figure it out for myself pretty pretty fast. I had to get used to that to being uncomfortable, to feeling a little intimidated, and to work through all of that to build up that confidence to then be able to, to do it as well as I knew and thought that I could do. And I think that that is something that, again, as I, I didn't realize it then, but you kind of look back on experiences like that, and you realize how much you learn from being in an environment that isn't that comfortable, that isn't something that you've been specifically prepared for and told everything about. Because really, that's those are the sort of experiences and environments that we will find ourselves in for the rest of our lives, whether that's going away to college for the first time or starting a new job, taking your first job or starting a new one down the line. You're going to be in places that you feel uncomfortable and you you have to you have to push through it and you have to get yourself to a place where you feel like you can be successful. Well, and the ice cream story may sound like a little bit mundane, but I think this is not uncommon where a lot of us just gravitate towards the things that we're good at. But when you just keep doing things that come easy to you, that's not how you get any better. You go back to your soccer days. You know, if you're just sitting there 10 feet from somebody as a senior in high school, having a quick two touch pass, you're not going to get any better. You need to start doing exercises and pushing yourself to a spot where you're uncomfortable in order to get any better. But I, I you know what you mean. Uh, rarely a fan of doing things that I'm not all that good at. It is frustrating. <laughs> um, briefly, as you look uh, back and when you started up in sports up in Boston with the Celtics, uh, what's something that's going on right now, 2018, just totally innovated from the way it was when you were back in Boston early on? Oh, God. I mean, so many things in a decade, which is just scary to, to think about in the first place. But I, I would say digital ticketing has probably had one of the, the greater impacts on how you, we approach ticketing strategy. Um, it affects everything from certainly the customer experience, the fan experience, the accessibility of getting tickets. It affects the secondary market and how they are able to better serve or not better serve fans than maybe via the primary market. Um, all of that affects pricing strategy and, and pricing models. And I think ultimately that is starting to lead to maybe even greater changes in um, season ticket and, and ticket packages in general. This is all a little bit abstract, I realize, in the way that I'm describing it. But I do think that that digital ticketing in and of itself affects so many pieces of our business. Even if we don't know exactly what's coming, we have to put ourselves in a position to be able to adapt relatively quickly to be in a better position to serve, ultimately to serve our fans the best way possible. Well, it's interesting. Our first episode of the season was with your friend and colleague, Lou DePauli, and he was talking about data and analytics, and it's all coming full circle. You guys are clearly drinking from the same Kool-Aid fountain <laughs> over at City Field right now, uh, because that's what it's all about, is getting better insights as to what the people want and how you can better take care of your customers. So it's interesting uh, and certainly something that's shaping a lot of parts of the industry. As we look at your time breaking into the sports industry as an outsider coming previously from the travel and education world, um, what were some unique hurdles or obstacles you felt you may have faced either when you were interviewing, when you were applying, or even once you actually started early on as an outsider coming into sports? 
I think that there were a lot of things that I just had no idea about as I was entering the world of sports and sports business. I fell into it sort of by accident. And I, as I had finished up my, I'd been at um, my, my first job for about six years in, in travel education, as you mentioned. And when the opportunity uh, at the Celtics popped up and I was starting to explore that, it was really the first time I had realized that that was a viable opportunity as, as uh, part of my profession. I had friends who, who worked actually at the Celtics, which is how I found out about the, the opportunity there. Um, but it was still relatively new to me. And at the time, this was in 2006, there were sports management majors and uh, courses at colleges and universities, but not nearly with the proliferation that we've seen since then. And so it just wasn't something I had been aware of. And so entering into that world, I realized pretty quickly, this is a, a, a company and an organization like any other business, just because the business is sports and a team does not change all of the other pieces and fundamentals of what a business is. And that was something that I found myself talking about to people outside of the business pretty regularly about. And I think that as, as sports fans growing up as someone who is just consuming sports by watching or playing, we aren't necessarily thinking about what goes on behind the scenes. Um, you interact with somebody who might scan your ticket or might sell you a hot dog, but you're not thinking about the people um, in those offices other than you hear about general managers and you hear about coaches, but at least when I was growing up, that was not something that was much talked about. So um, it was learning a lot about just kind of that very simple parallel of my job is my job and I, I could be selling a travel education program or I could be selling season tickets. And the only thing that changed was the actual product experience, not all of the other fundamentals and things that go into that. Um, so that was one, that was probably one of the biggest things that, that I I didn't realize I, I was, I didn't realize I held a misconception about that or a conception at all. Uh, but that was one of the things I learned pretty quickly. Yeah, it's funny. So many people think, oh, a baseball team, it's the 25 man roster and a couple of coaches, right? That's the yeah. company. Well, not quite, but I, I know what you mean. The visibility does make it a little bit unique. And I appreciate you touching on your time uh, in, for six years prior to getting into sports there with the Celtics. So in looking at that time and comparing it to the time you've spent at Boston and with the Mets, can you speak to some of the similarities and differences between working outside of sports and the time you spend in travel and education, the time you spend in sports last 10 years? Absolutely. A, a lot of similarities. Like I said, I could be selling a, a travel a travel program. I could be selling a season ticket. I could be selling a uh, sponsorship package. Uh, all of it uh, starts from the same basic fundamentals and fundamental qualities that are important to be bringing to work every day. Things like your work ethic, willingness to learn and to take feedback, your coachability, your willingness to be part of a team, uh, to set goals and work towards them. All of those things applied in my first job, in my different iterations of that first job as I progressed from you know, my my entry level sales rep up to directing that department at EF education. And all of those things carried with me pretty directly as I moved over to the Celtics and, and started there as an inside sales manager. 
and and again throughout my time at the Celtics and as I moved over to the Mets uh, first in the ticket sales department as director and and then executive director and then again from the ticket sales uh, side of of the business to the partnership sales side of the business all of those things have applied um, and will continue to apply to what I'm doing here and what I'm doing beyond um, I think that whenever I'm I'm having a conversation with somebody about um, what is it like to work in sports? How did you get there? I frame it over, look, I showed up to work every day in my first job, tried to figure out what it is I needed to learn to do well, tried to figure out how to become an expert in what I was doing at the time and trusted in the fact that all of those things were going to start to build up and give me a bank of experience that I'd be able to draw on. And in doing that, that's hopefully helping me become better at my job. Well, no, it sounds like you'd be a great employee and colleague to have in just about any industry with some of those skills. But it also sounds like you say, listen, you get up every morning and put your pants on one leg at a time like the rest of us. So, you know, it's not like it's that different, even though it's, uh, you know, seems like a whole different ball game, pun intended, to some people <laughs> out there. So it sounds like there's a lot of similarities, uh, but there have to be a lot of differences, too. Can you cite maybe two or three of the biggest differences that come specifically and uniquely with working in sports business? Yeah, you spend an incredible amount of time with the people that you work with um, when you're working for a sports organization. While you might do that in other industries, to some degree, I, I don't know that it's to quite the degree and the way in which we experience it when you're working at a team. You are going through incredible highs and lows, both on the business side and on the team side. I've been fortunate to experience uh, a couple of championship level contending teams, but I have also experienced the complete opposite of that. You're experiencing, experiencing that with your colleagues. If you, if you don't like being around them, you're going to have a really tough time. It's going to make it even more challenging to weather um, the tougher times if you are not working with people that you trust, that you respect, that you feel like are there to pick you up. Um, all of those things, I think, are pretty unique to the, the sports world because of the emotional connection that comes with the product. Um, we have to focus on the experiential parts that we can control, and um, it could take a lot of energy to put yourself in that positive mindset every day when the team is winning or losing. So in kind of on the subject, and you touched on some of your earlier years, uh, some championship runs with Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce back when the Celtics were at their peak. You recently went to the World Series with the Mets. As a lifelong you know, good athlete yourself and obviously a fan of sports, as you mentioned, for quite a while when you were young, what would you say has surprised you the most as you look at what it's been like to work in sports and to be a part of this experience in the way you have? You've been a part of some greatness. You know, you have rings. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> Uh, well, those rings are certainly surprising. That was not something that I, I grew up imagining would be a part um, a part of my life, a part of my my repertoire. So that was pretty cool for sure. I think though, in in general, kind of to go back to what we talked about before that you know, growing up as a sports fan, as an athlete, not someone who paid attention to what might be going on behind the scenes for when you show up at a basketball game or at a, a baseball park. Um, I think learning, as I said, that sports is run just any other, any other business, any other company, any other organization, and learning really how much goes into, um, into what you're doing 24-7. 
and it's not just uh, it's not just in season. Certainly, that's a question that we all get all the time. What do you do in the off season? The off season for us is actually busier in a lot of ways than during season because you are doing everything to prep uh, for the six months that are are coming back around a lot faster than than you realize. So you go through the grind of a six month baseball season and you finish on Sunday. You're back at your desk on Monday morning, continuing to to gear up for the next March, April, um, when everything kicks off again. And, and there really is no downtime. There might be little pockets here and there, but there's no off season for us. So I think that was something, again, that I wouldn't have expected before being a part of, of the industry. And I think another thing is too, from the outside, it feels and sounds like we have really glamorous jobs, which in some ways, sure, we do. They sound exciting, sound sexy and interesting, and they are, but it is also, as I said, it is a grind. It is, you've got to come in every every day and, and uh, look at what you, look at what you built, built yesterday and build on that today and going forward, um, whether we're talking about uh, the ticket sales experience, what our partners are bringing, to the in-game experience, what are what the production experiences in-game, um, what the guest experience experiences in-game. I think that ties with some other great advice we got on one of our earlier episodes in Control What You Can Control, and uh, it sounds like that's a priority for you guys with the offseason picking up right now. Although you can't downplay how cool your job is too much, Katie. I remember a few years ago when the Mets went to the World Series, I was not an employee. I finagled my way into a World Series game. And who should be sitting two rows in front of me with her mom is Katie Mayon. So, you know, you just, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to a World Series game. And there you are sitting close to the seats with your mom. So, like, that's pretty cool in my book. Um, you, you have touched on at the Mets, you know, you came up at Boston and then with the Mets, you oversaw sales teams or the director of sales. And now you've transitioned over to do sponsorship and drive, um, you know, um, sponsorship and corporate partnership revenue. Can you tell us a little bit about? some of the brief similarities and differences between the two, obviously driving corporate revenue on both sides, um, but having seen both sides of the coin firsthand, what, what impressions have been made on you? Yeah. Um, well, I think uh, number one, in, in terms of similarities, and I mentioned this a, a little while ago, the fundamentals and the basics of how you approach your sales role are the same. And I think the number one uh, priority there, or the number one thing to keep in mind is that it's about the relationships that you're building with your uh, would-be and hopefully soon-to-be clients and customers. Um, the sales cycle between those two, I'll call them products, uh, are very different. Uh, on the ticket sales side, it might take you a few phone calls of building, establishing and building up that relationship and um, helping your your client get to an understanding of, hey, here's the right ticket package or ticket product for you. On the sponsorship partnership side, that's a, a much longer, generally a much longer sales cycle. You're spending a lot of time getting to know not just them, but but also their business and what their business objectives are so that you, you're trying to become sort of at least for that, that small period of time, a, a bit of an, an expert, maybe not to the in-depth degree that they are, but to enough of a degree that you can then put together some ideas, make recommendations, offer them a platform that is going to help them achieve those goals and, and reach those objectives. 
it takes it takes some time to establish those connections in a, in order to build that trust in in that on that business side of things in addition to the personal side of things that is not to discount the personal side of things because that is in fact where you you sort of build that path to to earn that trust uh, for the business sides of things the biggest reasons i was interested in making that change i had been on the ticket sales side for about 10 years when I had the opportunity to delve into the partnership side and the opportunity to really learn more about other industries and what is important to them. Um, all of that was what was most appealing to me as I made that transition and has been one of the more challenging things because that's a lot to learn and it's a lot to understand and it's a lot to get used to. I was fortunate enough to do that within an organization who knew me. And so I had the benefit of people already knew my work ethic, knew my personality, knew my approach to things. And it, it certainly takes a little while to get there, but it's given me a much greater understanding of the industry and our business. No, for sure. And you were talking a little earlier about some of the qualities and characteristics that translate between industries. It sounds like a lot of those same characteristics just translate between roles and making you a good employee and a good teammate. So I really appreciate you elaborating on that. As we start to wrap this up here, Looking back, you know, 10, 15 years to as you were getting it, and you, even before your career in sports or certainly early on during your career in sports, what's one golden piece of advice that you would like to leave us with today for our audience that you would want to give your younger self as well? I know this off the top of my head because I've had these conversations and I think about it actually more than you might might or than I might have anticipated at this point. But my, my biggest piece of advice is not to be afraid to make mistakes when you start out. And by that, I mean, not to be afraid to try things, to jump right in, um, to ask questions, to not be afraid of what you don't know. You're not expected to know everything at the, at the outset and take advantage of that. Um, I wish I had felt more comfortable or pushed myself as I felt uncomfortable to do more of that at the beginning when I was when I was just starting out. And when I say that this is something I, I think about, um, that's advice I've tried to give myself any time I've taken on uh, a new role or a new piece of responsibility in a given role. Because again, when you're not expected to know things, you you are expected to get to know them. And to do that, you have to ask questions, you have to talk to people, you have to make yourself open and willing um, to receive that information and to 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 try those things and to gain that experience. So I think that if I could go back uh, to when I started, that is the thing I would focus on and, and push myself to do the most. I think that's a great piece of advice right there, Katie. Don't be afraid to bet on yourself, but also be ready to work hard if you're going to. Exactly. So, um, well, no, I, I think that's great. And again, uh, we really appreciate your time coming on here with us at Sports Business Nation. Been a huge resource and asset for all of our listeners and us on the program, Katie. Um, we will let you get off and on your way, but anything else you'd want to leave us with before you do go? Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on, Katie. We hope you'll be a listener and hopefully we'll have you on again down the road as one of our other guests on Sports Business Nation. Until then, be well. Anytime. Thanks, Ryan. All right. Bye-bye. Let's take a few minutes to analyze and recap our conversation just now with Katie Mahon of the New York Mets. 
things that just felt like a, a hobby and an interest have now parlayed into what I do every day, which is fortunate since I spend so much time around it that I enjoy it as much as I do. Um, and there's always something new to learn and always something new to follow. And so I, I think just having that that basic background of, of interest and passion in sports set the table for for what I do now. Just like millions of us, Katie has always loved sports and that passion has led her to the exciting job she has today. Whether it's playing touch football at your family parties that gets you going, or maybe you used to be a collegiate level athlete like Katie, sports is just something that's fun to be a part of and something many of us connect with early on in life. If you're out there and you love sports too, why not do the same? Make yourself a part of the sports business and the experience it creates. Certainly looking back on it now and, and kind of thinking a little bit more specifically about it, all those things that you mentioned, you know, being part of a team, working towards a larger goal, um, setting those goals, overcoming a lot of those challenges, whether you knew they were going to be there or not. All of those things are extremely important in in day to day and in, in what you do, whether you're working in sports or not. All right. So maybe you didn't have the on-field talent to go in the first round of the draft. But Katie tells us that most of the skills we develop to be quality professionals in almost any industry are going to be necessary for your success in a sports front office. Things like coachability, self-efficacy, and the ability to work with teams are vital in working in just about any industry. So if those are strengths of yours already, you're in luck. In Katie's experience, once you get past the Sports Center highlights and all-star games, a sports team is just like almost any other business at its core. And so entering into that world, I realized pretty quickly, this is a, a, a company and an organization like any other business, just because the business is sports and a team does not change all of the other pieces and fundamentals of what a business is. And I think another thing is too, from the outside, it feels and sounds like we have really glamorous jobs, which in some ways, sure, we do. They sound exciting, sound sexy and interesting, and they are, but it is also, as I said, it is a grind. So while maybe front office executives don't win any dunk contests, the excitement of sports affects the entire organization, and balancing that passion with the fact that a team is a business just like any other makes working in sports such a unique challenge. You don't need to have been planning this since you were four or have prodigious talents like Lionel Messi to change people's lives through the experience of sport. So if you're still listening to this podcast, I'm frankly not sure what you're still waiting for. As we conclude today's episode, we want to thank you all for joining us on Sports Business Nation and do hope you enjoyed our conversation. We'll look forward to having you join us again next week for another deep dive into today's real world of sports business. But until then, please do visit our website at www.sportsbusinessnation.com and follow us on all your social media like Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Also, do be sure to tell your friends and family about our show and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to enjoy each of our guests' expert insights and perspectives every week. This has been a Sports Business Nation production. I'm your host, Ryan Deal, signing off until next time.